I'm a wreck on the inside for them and what they're going through. And I, but I'm seeing this, if I'm really being honest, like I'm seeing my own kind of nightmare play out in front of my eyes. And I'm, I am thinking about that, Stephen, like the anxiety or like the what if, what if, what's next, what's next. And I, I, I don't know. Incredible sponsors. Hey, if you guess this first sponsor, we're going to go with the honor system. If you guess this first sponsor, email me so I can send you a gift card. We're going to play a little game. All right. Number one, Supercolor is the world's best heat transfer made for screen printers by screen printers. They understand the pressures and expectations of running a screen printing business. You know, Rum and the gang are... They really pride themselves on being super fast, super easy. They're always trying to innovate and just deliver the best customer service possible. I mean, they're a true partner in your business. Uh, you know, the amount of times that they can help, you know, rush something, get something done quicker. If there's an issue, they make up for it. They are awesome. And so make sure to also use Printavo15. That's the promo code and that gets you 15% off your order. Thanks, Supercolor. Bruce, if you need a solution to improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, um, there's Graphic Source. Graphic Source offers industry-leading outsource options for your shop by truly becoming a part of your team. They plug and play with Printavo and other shop management software when it comes to steps, mockups, creative art, order management, embroidery, digitizing, back office admin, and customer service. There's no better company in the industry to work with. They have over 30 years in the game. They really know and understand shop needs and have a proven track record of success. Um, hit up Graphic Source for your art staffing needs. Uh, use the printav the code PrintavoPod24 for your 50% off your first vector step or embroidery over order. Uh, we have um, three, four employees from Graphic Source, full-time dedicated, um, that handle a ton of stuff in our shop. Thanks, Graphic Source. Steven, when was the last time you cleaned dirty screens? Um, well, I want our shop to do well. So instead I just buy them really nice chemicals because you know, <laughs> I'm not the best at it. I saw you clean dirty screens last time I was out there, but that was, that must've been like two years, three years ago. <laughs> I'd love to see like, you clean dirty screens, Bruce. I'm into it, but you know, you shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. Easy ways line up environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster and more efficiently costing you a fraction of the cost per screen. Campus Inc.'s working with 701 and 842 to be able to help them in Reclaim. If you need a company to help you guys with how-tos, best practices, or just questions, EasyWay's team is awesome. They're there to work with you. They work with 100-plus distributors all over the states. They're a great partner in your shop's growth. Thanks, EasyWay. Um, Bruce? Multicraft Daddy, Multicraft underscore Daddy has 962 followers on Instagram. We're trying to get him across a thousand. Um, and if you DM him, you might get a free case of PMI tape. Uh, for over 50 years, Multicraft has been providing you with top brands at competitive prices. And uh, PMI tape has partnered along to give away one free case of tape per episode. So follow Multicraft underscore daddy on Instagram, shoot him a DM, um, and maybe you'll win. If you mention the Printavo pod, you'll get 10% off your first order. Let me see that Thumbs coffee up. cup, Steven. What's it say? It's a, it's a diet Krampus. Coke. Hey, Krampus. No, it's, it's got water in there. <laughs> I got water. I got water. No Diet Coke in here. No. Justin, what do you drink? What do you drink every day? Like what's the drink of choice that's in your hands at all times? 
You're such a good Water. person. Dude, you've gotten a really lot. healthy. You and Aaron. What's the secret? Don't talk about my wife. The secret is uh, Them not, words. <laughs> not, not being very healthy, if I'm really being honest. Like just not eating very much and not drinking very much. I drink a lot of water. I go through... We go through uh, next door. I keep a fridge full of these things because, like, Osco, like it here, it wouldn't work well. But next door, when there's six of us that work there, this is the we just drink water. So I just keep it around, and it's always around me. And it's all when I'm hungry, I drink water, and then do, I try do to you eat flavor a bit. it. No. Do you flavor your water? No, no cucumber. No cucumber water. No, nah, man. I'll get. They'll make fun of you out here in Oklahoma for doing that. <laughs> do you have a soda that's like a real oklahoman soda like you know like oklahomans drink rc the small town that i'm from the the closest thing to that is like people would get and my uncles and my grandparents you'd go buy a pepsi and you'd buy a you'd buy two bags for a dollar of the salted peanuts and you take one bag and dump you take a big healthy swig of the pepsi then you pour the peanuts in the pepsi put the lid on you eat the other bag of the peanuts while you drink your Pepsi with peanuts in it. Salty. <laughs> salty. <laughs> Super salty. Next time I'm walking around there, we get, we're going to have cucumber waters, but not little piece of cucumber, just like the big cucumber in the water. <laughs> just hanging out <laughs> with peanuts in it. <laughs> then people will know. Hey, boys. <laughs> hey, boys. Uh, they don't talk like that. <laughs> um, Justin, how are you doing? It's been oh, a while. Man, I'm good. There are, there's like 16 people asleep at my house right now. Um, we, my wife's oh, family her. came in from Tupelo, from St. Louis, from Frisco, um, and uh, they're local and they're just, they're here. They swarmed in, they came in last night and, uh, there was like three of my nieces and nephews that slept on my floor last night, which was cool. Um, but needless to say, I was like, Hey, I got guys, I got to go to work. I got to go to this podcast. I got to get out of here. And so it was, a. Uh, it's sweet when they're here, but there's a lot of people in my house right now. But we're doing good. Are are they just all the kids? Like how how many under thirteen years old? Uh three, five, six, seven, eight. I think eight. You're outnumbered. Always. Outmanned. Outgunned. Outplanned. What Hamilton. happens what happens when your kids outnumber you? Do you ever feel like you're at war? No, because the good thing about being a parent is you're still, and a dad especially, is you're still bigger. Like I can still manhandle my kids when they and their friends can like gang up and whoop my ass. Then it's different. <laughs> but until then, I can like hey! get them, and everyone's like, okay, and like you can get you can get them in line. But no, it's it's my son is getting to this age, so he just he turned ten in September, and I'm seeing like the cringe is rising. The, um, like he's becoming for more you? argumentative. Like you no, for him. Or... no, 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 no. Like I'm looking at him and I'm just like, dude, don't you want better for yourself? Like, is this, this is how you want to like be, this is how you want to represent. Anyways, no, he, uh, the cringe is rising, the argumentativeness, which really is a beautiful thing. Like it's his independence that's coming out and I'm trying to not just like control it, but yeah, it's getting, it's different. Like, I feel like he's leaving like 10 is a mad is not a magical year. It's kind of a hard year because it feels like it's the year that he's kind of beginning to separate. Like he's not looking to me or looking to his mom for everything. It's he's like, I got this. You guys are idiots. 
And most of the time it's pretty cool, but when it's not, it's sad because it's a transition, but he's transitioning into a tween. Would you want your shop to be your legacy for your kids or do you not care about that? I love that question. I, I think, um, I would love to hear Steven's perspective on this too, because I've, I feel like I've built the business around (laughs) about his dogs. Are you Is that Steven or is that a Frenchie in the tie dye? uh, We'll never know. Who's on press Uh, today? (laughs) (laughs) No, I built this business around me. I think that like, as it ages, we're, the business is also happens to be 10 years old, um, which is cool. Mm, Juxtaposing congrats. that with my child. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I, w- I don't want this for, I don't know that I want this for them. I would, I want them to do legitimately. I want them to do what they want to do. And if they want to do this, I think there's room for them here. But I also think about like, I have a really competent operator here. And if, you got to interview. I would never. <laughs> I would never like. They, can they come work in the print shop or in the warehouse or in whatever? Absolutely. Can they do customer like? There ain't no job here that they couldn't do. But I just I, being a part of Vistage, I watched like second generation and third generation businesses where the kids have come in, and if the kid grew up in the business, that's one thing. But I've never met a kid that matched the hustle of their of the parent or the founder, you know, there's always like this, like my son isn't going to have the set of skills or wired like I am because he had such a different childhood than I did. He had a safe, like they don't, it's not that I didn't have needs, but I think that, I think that a hard raising or a hard life or a hardship at some point in your life is paramount to making you to who the leader or the specifically speaking to entrepreneurs, like if people that are set out to go build their own thing or make their own thing, I don't, I think that it takes some sort of hardship at some point in your life to really like kind of set the tone for that. And I don't know that, I don't know that my kids are cut out for it, not to toot my own horn or Stevens or anyone else's, but I just, it takes a sense of resilience too. And I don't know that I, these past two years have been the hardest years of my life and it's directly related to work. And I don't want this for them, you know, like I, but I, but I think it's like, okay, don't want it versus they have the ability to like, I think you were saying something like you have to go through a, like, don't you think this is really interesting. We're going to go back to like childhood shit. (laughs) We're good. Don't you think that, what you see your parents do is what the normal is, right? Like that's just how like to your son, that's how every parent is They're They, you know, they've, they've got companies and they work and they do crazy things. And like, isn't that the standard that you've set for him now that like, he's just going to think that's normal compared to his other friends that have like nine to five parents. That's a good question. I don't know that you think about it. I don't know that they will think about it. I think about my parents and I like, don't know. Like work, work doesn't phase you because of something in your upbringing, right? Like you have a, you have a high tolerance for, for, for sacrifice, like for putting yourself through an insane amount of work, whether that was med school or starting a company, right? What was that in your childhood? Do you think um, you know? Yeah, I'll probably my, my, my mom, uh, so my mom and dad split up when I was three. 
and we lived in small town, Oklahoma, Eufaula. And all of my family, my mom's parents, my dad's parents, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, they all lived in Eufaula. And my mom uh, went and got a nursing degree from like a rural college uh, that was just, you know, about 30 minutes away. And she, when her and my dad split, she took me and moved to Oklahoma City. And like my family kind of resented her for that. Um, And, but that changed my life forever. Like, and so I think that coming to the city when I was three, my mom being a single mom until I was nine and working, she would work. She, so she would work, uh, 36 hours in a weekend. Like she would show up on Friday at the hospital and then would work three twelves. Bow, bow, bow. And then she would drive back to Eufaula cause she'd leave me with my grandma and Eufaula, her mom. Um, and then she'd come get me and then we'd be in the city for a week and then she'd take me back to Eufaula. And, and so I think that like growing up in that, and my dad was a serial entrepreneur, my papa, my mom's dad was a serial entrepreneur. So I grew up around people who all they did was work. Like everybody in my family, like on my mom's side, like they identify their identity is anchored in what do you do? Like what are you making? What are you building? And, and there's also this like pretty traditional hierarchy of respect that happens in my family. I'm looked, my family respects me. I wish they respected me for more, but they respect me for what I've done. And that is a, um, I mean, it's cool when you've done stuff, but if you haven't done stuff, there's people in my family that are just like, man, what are you even doing? Like, why aren't you getting like, that's the, that's the currency. That's the value in my family. And so I think that part of that is like, I was just, I grew up like I was latchkey. I was forced to be resourceful. You know, if I wanted something, my mom provided for me, but I would get in trouble a lot because I, I couldn't get, if I wanted something and my mom wouldn't get it for me, I would figure out how to get it. Like I was putting classified ads in the newspaper selling Christmas presents and stuff so that I could parlay that into like this. I sold on my, my mom tells me this story of like, I was in like fourth grade. She came home from work one day and I had two strange men in our house and I was showing them our whole Beanie Baby collection because I was trying to sell them all of our Beanie Babies. <laughs> My mom, a real estate she's, agent. She's like, what are you doing, dude? You're in fourth grade and there's these grown-ass men in our house. And I'm like, well, I, I didn't see it at the time. but uh, So I think that there's part of like just a resourcefulness and like a, a, a some call it hustle, but like just a... a persistence of like, I want to, if I want something, I'm going to go figure out how to get it. And that was kind of, I don't know, that's probably how I ended up here. And I think that my son and my daughter are in a different situation. You know, most of the things that certainly there are things we don't give them, but like they have a, they have it pretty easy. You're also their hero, right? So there's something there. Yeah. Bruce, what about you? How's your, how's your child? Like, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that, Justin. Uh, I think it's really fascinating how your childhood has molded you into like an entrepreneur. I, I've just been finding that really cool. Bruce, what about yourself? I think there's a part of that that's just genes though too. Like I don't know... You Sorry, know, Bruce. The, we don't the, all have great genes. <laughs> no. I'm just saying the persistence. Like, do you get the persistence from the parent? Like the the almost extreme stupid persistence. You know what I mean? Like, I would I would say if I plucked you out of a group of people, it'd be like this guy is stupid persistent for putting Stubborn. in ten years, right? E- exactly, and like. <clears throat> I mean, you can't, I, I don't know if you really learned that or picked that up really. I mean, it's just such a long time. But for me, I, uh, 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's a balance, right? I think the foundation was good in that, okay, my mom's working nights as a nurse and then my dad's a, you know, accountant during the day. And then at dinner every night, we talk about whatever's in the news. Like that's just every single night. Um, but what's weird is I think as a kid, I hated it. Like I hated talking about that stuff every single night. I hated watch. We had to watch 60 minutes, the show every Sunday. Um, but now, Guess what's on six? Guess what's on at six p.m. You know what I mean on Sundays, sixty minutes, and I love it, and I love it just like soaking up that knowledge, which is a separate thing of of like realizing all that 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 stuff that your parents do. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that was a good foundation, right? It's just like it gave me opportunities to go to school and and to do all that. But I do think there's an element of persistence aspect as well that somewhere kicked in within college. And I, I I don't exactly know why, but it sounds like it's the exact same for you. It's the exact same for you, Steven. It, do you think that was related to your upbringing or was it around or, or was it like people that you hung out with or was it just kind of who who knows? It could have been 20 factors. I mean, I think there's so much stuff. I've got that Middle Eastern hustle. I'm come from that Middle Eastern hustle family, right? Uh, my dad worked at Allstate as like a project manager for like 25 years and got laid off in 05 and uh, went into like gas stations, cafeterias, like just grinded. And, you know, I just saw him going to Sam's Club, like learning how to invent. I was learning how to inventory uh, cigarettes and count stock and make bank deposits and, you know, like on Thanksgiving, when, you know, the place had to be open, we'd go work the overnight shift together when I was like eighth grade. And uh, looking back, I thought that was the norm. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. But I wasn't a kid. Like I, I, I basically was like following my dad's. I was his little soldier. Uh, and so now I'm starting to see that come out more and more every day. Uh Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I think our childhood has so much to do with us being being business owners. I don't know. I don't know. I was reading uh, Elon's book, Ben Horowitz's book. Super interesting to hear what they went through as kids and and why they're a little twisted now. <laughs> Did it line I mean, up? Was think- there hardship? Oh yeah. The 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 Elon uh, Walter Isaacson book. So Walter Isaacson, um, he's a, he's a he ran CNN for a really long time, uh, uh, news magazine, and he's one of the only people that has spent several years alongside Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and wrote their uh, biographies. And that he, he he did an interview with, I think it's uh, uh, it's like that CEO podcast with the cool dude from Britain with the nice accent. Um, and uh, <laughs> Guy Raz? <laughs> no, different one. Uh, it'll come to me, but um, guy. he literally went through. He's like, all it was all childhood stuff, and it matched up with all of their quirks and isms and what's wrong with them, and and you know things that they're criticized for and stuff like that. But that's also what makes them who they are and and, and what makes them special. So, um, so yeah, I do. Okay, think we went that... off topic. <laughs> yeah. Hey, on yeah, that before we jump back on topic, if y'all haven't listened to Jeff Bezos's podcast with lex friedman lex friedman 
Yeah, yeah, I listened mm. to that one. I, I, although the first, okay, so we'll so post good. a link down below. Lex Friedman, um, Jeff Bezos, which is really cool because no, Jeff doesn't do referral. a lot of. I have a referral link. I'll post it. They can click on that one. Because <laughs> you get Jeff doesn't <laughs> what do, you do get? a lot of interviews. Poke, Pokemon points. <laughs> water bottles. Um, water bottles. <laughs> Jeff doesn't do a lot of interviews, and so that's why that one was cool. I will say the first half though was like all space and, and like I tried to go through it and eventually like, I mean, it's very cool that he knows so in depth and he's kind of like Elon where he's like, how do you know so much about so many different topics? But then afterwards, like scaling the Amazon, his, his leadership style. Um, I actually wrote some notes down to share, but I don't know if you want to go through these or. Go yeah. I just listened to it two nights ago. <laughs> Um, all right, whatever. What? I'm gonna I'm gonna actually bring it up just a quick summary. There's three there's three bullet points here that I think um were Dang. really good. No, no, I'm sorry, there's five. Really this, good. This okay, good. so I wrote this down. So number one, um his whole thing is every day is day zero. And so what does that mean? He thinks that when you get start to get to day one, day two, and things start being more routine and, and continuing to move along, you start being less relevant to your customers over time. And if you treat every day like it's the beginning, you're constantly questioning the norm. Why do we actually use this KPI, you know, to measure customer service quality? Um, why do we do it this way instead of that way? And so allowing people to do that, but also allowing the people at the bottom of the rung to do that, which tend to not want to speak up because management is there in the room. So treating every day like day zero is huge. The next one he's talked about, um, Every meeting, he personally tries to speak last. And so he really listens and he really pulls a lot of things in to really say, okay, now let me give my opinion at the end to not steamroll other people. But I also think this aligns with that article of give it five minutes where it's like, it's easy to squash new ideas because this is how we've done things. But if you really think about it and you ask questions and you're just genuinely curious, then you're, you're able to uh, allow the team to make the best decisions possible because it's not just you. All right. The other one is um, problem sets. They found that their Amazon really had two different problem sets. One, large problems, right? These are the problems that we probably never get to because the other problem set is the little ones. Those are the pebbles in the glass. It's like every day we start our day and... Yeah, paper cuts. Paper cuts. Yes, Traction. paper cuts. We get into pebbles. the paper cuts, we get into the pebbles, we get into the sand, and we <laughs> never get to the big boulders, the rocks, the things that really move the needle every single day. And he said what he found is you have to have two teams over time. One that is purely dedicated to moving the boulders and one that is purely dedicated to the paper cuts. But he's like... I honestly only spend my time on the boulders. And I thought that was really cool, especially when if we think about how we spend our time every day. I mean, <laughs> I think it makes us feel good to check stuff off the list, but that stuff that we're checking off probably has little to no effect on actually moving the needle. Um, fourth, he loves concise meetings. He has everybody, before you schedule a meeting, you put together a, a what's essentially a memo, a summary Six pages. of... Six. Yeah, some intense memo writing. And this isn't like the 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 kind of weekly KPI meetings. This is like a hey, we need to talk about this new process, right? And so whoever's calling the meeting has to outline what the problem is, what they think about it, you know, all the facts around it. And then for the first 30 minutes, every single person in that meeting reads through that memo, goes through it and is able to then all talk about it afterwards. And so 
Um, that allows for a crisp pre-meeting. Everybody's on the same page. And he found that people don't tend to like review that stuff beforehand. So they do it in the meeting. And then the last thing, fifth, is morning routines, um, which I think is like very popular now with cold plunging and saunaing and, you know, light and Brian Johnson and all these others. He was like, he's like, I think this is just overrated. What I allow myself to do, though, is putter. And he mentioned that word a couple of times where he's just like, I just allow myself to think, like walk around or just stare at the wall write things down on paper, have a coffee and just take my time getting in and really thinking about things to, to, uh, to, uh, have that day zero mentality. So <clears throat> anything else? I'm he, talk, he talked about like, wa- wandering a lot, right? Dude, like taking your time. I to get literally wrote that. Like, oh, that was the, keep going, Justin, keep going, go on this. He, wandering. He just go talking about wandering. That church choir and, sound effect. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He uh with his team though, like he wanted to give people permit like that was the whole the crux of the memos was we're all gonna get in here, let's not pretend that we've prepared for this. Like we're all gonna study hall for 30 minutes, put our heads down, take notes, like shred this, and then let's wander through like our findings and let's be curious. Like curiosity was A1 on his list. So were there any things, you know. It's interesting, right? Because it's like, okay, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, you've got this huge, huge company. Could I actually apply things to my business? Were there any things that you guys thought about where it was like, yeah, we need to like try this or think about it this way? And you told the team. So I think um, he was talking about in his meetings, you know, wandering is inefficient. Invention is not efficient. But if you don't let yourself wander, you will never have the ability to invent. And so there always has to be a balance, like wandering allows for invention and challenging the status quo and like innovating. That is not an efficient task. And so that will go against incremental improvement. And so to your point, Bruce, you almost need someone working on rocks and and pebbles or paper cuts, but uh, you have to give your team, you have to teach your team to be mentally like flexible, like mental flexibility um, or mental elasticity to spend enough time, like when you're wandering and you're inventing, getting in a whiteboard and like being inventors together. I almost think of like Thomas Edison and his friends, like hacking on stuff, right? And then dialing it back and be like, okay, what's the work that we have to get done to get to the next level? And being able to go into those different flow states. I feel like some employees are like, ugh, we're going off the deep end again. And some are like, I always want to go off the deep end. So I think having that balance, it's like he's almost so, like he's so solid that he can, he, I feel like he can go into these different modes, um, which I feel like Elon and, and others can do too pretty well. Uh, yeah. That's- which is pretty crazy. I mean, think about a company as large as that, you know, doing one click purchase, right? I mean, no, no e-commerce store was doing that before or Amazon Prime, right? More of a membership for free shipping or you know, using their servers, their own servers to be allowed to be able to use by others. I mean, some of those things at their company scale is unbelievable to revamp. I mean, most people would be like, eh, don't touch it. Don't touch it. It's fine. Two things. My little three things. I I left feeling super inspired and just fired up. There wasn't like a really practical takeaway of like, how can I take this dude's stuff and apply it to my business? But I did leave feeling very 
hopeful and optimistic for humanity. Um, I loved all of his space talk. Um, I loved how he sees this vision for humanity that most of us don't like he's we're thinking five, 10 years down the road. We're thinking about our lifetime. Like he's, he was talking about what got me the most floored. If you want to cue the church music is he starts talking about how special it would be if we had a trillion humans at the same time and how like half, you know, that means that we're living in low orbit and there's people that are visiting earth and we're, we figured out how to get things back and forth. But if there's a trillion humans at the same time, then there's a thousand Mozarts and there's a thousand Elons and there's a thousand Da Vinci's and there's a thousand Banksy's and what, like just the, we need the more people there are, the more opportunity for invention and innovation and change. And that, that was cool. Uh, and then the second thing I liked was his, I, that I can take away with, um, was he talked about the idea of disagree. I disagree, but I commit. You know, and just saying like, mm. sometimes we have to, especially in like the startup culture, like I think this is wrong, but I'm all in and we'll see it through. And the, like the revolving doors and the one way doors, like let's walk through a door, let's try it. And if we need to walk right back out of it, we can, but don't be afraid to walk through the door and just find out what happens. It's like a good marriage thing. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is good stuff. It's I've, uh, there's so many business help books and stuff out there. I've been really fascinated on like biographies. Um, any good ones recently? Well, like I even I watched Oppenheimer and then I just like bought the book cause I was like, dude, you're like, you're, there's something crazy in your brain that's happening. Um, I don't know, like the Ben Franklin one. I just, I ordered a bunch of them and I've just been listening to them cause I feel like it's just like story time. Uh, I don't know. I've, that's, heck yeah. That mm. That's a good one. Uh, have you got, have you, have you opened it yet? No, sitting on my desk underneath <laughs> underneath two other books. This one. The cool hey, the cool part about it is every the reason you'll like it, Justin, is like every chapter he starts with like a Kanye West or Dr. Dre quote. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I mean <laughs> it just moved up. All right. I'm just buying me a Kindle right now to sit on my digital shelf. You gotta <laughs> download the Audible, buy Done. the book, listen to it, crack it open, Done. and download it on your Kindle. That's how you read. Done. Uh, okay, so we wanted we did this episode. That was a great intro, by the way. Thirty three yeah. minutes of. Are riffing. there any other good episodes you're listening to before we? Uh, so or, or I'm, I'm doing quite a few. I'm listening to the Elon book. I'm reading the hard thing about hard things, and then I'm listening to Think Again by Adam Grant. Uh, that's all about like inverse charisma, seeking understanding. Um, you know, like. Teaching, teaching others to, they say that in, in, in school, the kids that can go back through their entire exam and check their answers, the few that can do that, uh, th that takes a certain type of, of, of psychological training. Um, so it's all about like rethinking uh, and, hmm. and giving yourself the fl flexibility to rethink. So um, those are what I, what's on my radar. Bruce, what about you? Are you still reading Traction? <laughs> Look... I there's Look, there's listen. a there's a great uh, so so here's the thing so it's yes or no Bruce <laughs> what so no was, the answer's no what happened so, <laughs> I'm okay getting sixty seventy percent I think I think the thing is is that I do pick up on the I pick up a ninety five percent reading sixty percent Justin when you re start a book do you want to finish it. 
No. So you're I okay reading. picking it up? No, I need to finish it. I, re- I bet I read, man, it's less than, I don't know that I, I read one book last year, maybe two this year. Um, I don't, I don't have a far drive. I have, I have a lot of excuses and reasons, much like Bruce, reasons why I don't read. But the truth is it just comes down to discipline. Like I try to put them on my desk. I try to, I don't carve out time. Like this one I'm trying to get through right now um, is a really small, easy read. And at this point, I'm just trying to read like a chapter. Like just get <laughs> that my bookmark desk, like, at the beginning? At, okay, the, no, at the intro? Halfway through. Halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, it's hard. I, don't, I do not prioritize reading. When I can listen, How do you do it, that's Steven? like... I think uh, I have two very long drives once a week. So I have like two, two and a half ah. hour drives and everyone's like, how do you do that? And I was like, that's my, that's my favorite time of the week. Yeah, it's fair. That's me time uh, where I can, you know, I'll, I'll prep exactly what I'm going to listen to. And it's just, just for me, me and the windshield. In fact, I don't like carpooling with people like, Oh, can I come down to champagne with you? And I'm like, no, it's my time. Uh, it's my time. Yeah. But but I don't think you have to pick up a book and read it start to finish. Someone said once, like, hey, if you find the best chapter in it and you just read that chapter and you put it back down, you're still reading. I thought you were going to suggest sure. just to go drive around for four hours. <laughs> it's hard. It is. That's that's when I listen to the Jeff Bezos thing. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. But when I drove last week, I drove down to Texas for a print hustlers thing and I had three and a half hours of me time on the morning. And I turned around and drove right back. And so I ended up having like seven hours of me. And that was, it was awesome. i listened to a couple podcasts and it was great. Okay. That's actually a good point. I, um, I have on my list of things this year that I really wanted to actually designate more time to read, whether articles or books or whatever. Do you, have you guys ever done per like goals, but instead of the business for personal, you know, and I hate saying resolutions because I I feel like it sounds very cliche, but like personal goals, it could be, it could be related to you and how the business operates, family goals, uh, friends goals, finance goals, uh, personal like habit type of goals. John from Logo Daddy just conned me and Justin into one for the next 60 days. So uh, I'll let you know how that goes. (laughs) What do you guys think about it? Invited, sorry. Uh, invited. Oh, Justin. Uh, sorry, Bruce. You got to actually pull pull some ink first. Uh, Justin, <laughs> what were what are you what were you gonna say? No, I was just I make resolutions and I don't do a good job of keeping them up. But certainly, reading should be on the list this year. Going to the gym should be will be on the list this year. And then, yeah, I think that I don't. I have we probably should like be probably healthy exercise to break down all those things that you just said, Bruce, personal, family, finance, like business, all these different compartments. And what are the top three things that you should do? You absolutely should do that. I don't. But but Justin, if you were to look at yourself day you know, January first, twenty twenty three to December thirty first. Do you feel like this year was up and to the right enough where you're very you're pleased with it? I don't, I wouldn't say so. I, if I evaluated myself, um, for the year, I would probably, I'd give myself a C plus. Hmm. This year was like a, um, I think that comes from, I'm, I'm just in a more like 
reactive reactionary state than I am a proactive. And I think that, you know, when you like what Steven said, even like I'm planning these books and I'm planning the stuff I'm going to read and prepping for me. Like I don't like from a self-care standpoint and like a sustainable, I'm just in a, I'm in a reactive state right now. And I think part of that is like the season of life my family's in, you know, my kid having young children is just, you never know. Like it's, it's not hard, but it's just dynamic. And, and then work, you know, I'm grinding right now in, at my other business. I'm not at Osco and I need to be doing more at Osco, but there's just a, when I'm in a grind season, it's kind of a head down. Like I'm not. So yeah, I, as a leader, um, I, I give myself low marks for the year, uh, as a, as a worker, um, I give myself high marks as a dad. I give myself high marks. Um, yeah. Why do you, why do you associate being reactive with bad? Because as I age, I think that like, I'm feel I feel myself getting tired. Like I don't want to do more businesses. Like I, there is a finite amount of energy and, I think that I'm, I'm spinning my wheels more than I, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels more than I'm like gaining traction and being productive. There's things, there's significant things that have happened this year. Like traction is a good high mark for Oklahoma shirt company. We've implemented that, um, EOS, our team's using it. Like my small team here at Oklahoma shirt company is I think operating at an all time high, like that is all great, but that that's probably more personal marks for me. I don't, probably my greatest talent is flying by the seat of my pants and I don't, um, and improving and responding. And I know that like, I can just live in that. It's like the day zero mentality. Like I, I'm just very comfortable and I need to be more uncomfortable and I need to be more mature and systematic and thoughtful in what my moves are. And uh, I think all of that, that's as far as self-reflection goes. Well, I'm, I'm curious, Stephen. What what would you rate yourself? Justin said C. What did you say? C plus. C plus. Yeah. I think I think Justin. Uh, I think uh, the fact that your superpower is your is that secret skill right there. And if you were to like just from knowing you, you crush that. And I think you associate like having to be proactive or having to be super organized as good and associate improv and reactive as bad. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think you should be kinder to yourself. I, I should be kinder to myself <laughs> one on, in, in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. like if, if you enjoyed that and that's because you kind of said it like traction is running well in the business, like that's freaking sweet. Like family's running well. Like, that's if if that's if that's you and you enjoy that and that's play you should let yourself you should let yourself wander yeah you what's your rating uh i'd say probably like a b um i think uh i've gone through uh, uh and i share this with bruce an insane amount of uh i go to like therapy once a week and i've been doing it for like 4 years now 3 years I think this year has been transformative for me mentally and the business, the problems in the business have gotten extremely hard, but I am starting to detach myself. I don't identify with the company. I'm a part of it. And I think whether or not the business did what it did this year, um, it's not, it's not my life, which I am the happiest about. 
Mm. Um, How did you transition to that? I'm still running, flying by the seat of my pants. (laughs) Uh, I think it was going off the like, have you ever guys ever thought of like, what if your business goes to zero? What if you completely fail and flop? Uh, Every night, just about. And so, uh, you know, we, I would <laughs> do a lot of work story. on sometimes in the mornings okay. too, you know? <laughs> okay. Then what? 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 Uh, and like, okay, what if, what if you went to zero and you had to lay off your entire team? Then what? What if you did this? Then what? What if everything went to hell? Then what? Uh, and I think it just came down to the point where, uh, like trying to reduce the anxiety and panic of then what, and just own that it's, it's going to be okay, no matter what happens and having peace with that, you'll land on your feet somewhere. That's my, like, that's my deepest, darkest fear. And that, I mean, it's probably a correlation of the unhealthy relationship that I have with my business is the identity that I find. Like if I'm watching one of our colleagues um, and I'm watching the world right now, this is about to take a turn, but I'm watching a screen printing, a very large screen printing company like implode. And I'm watching the world um, like have things to say about it. And it's showing up on my feed, like from musical artists that I was like, what? There's a local Oklahoma city artist that reached out to us a week ago and said, Hey, a bunch of my merch is caught up in this place. And here's the article. Don't know if you've heard about it. Um, and, and then I, I simultaneously am seeing the business owner, like try to do their best to be like transparent and writing messages and communicating. And I am just like, I'm a wreck on the inside for them and what they're going through. And I, but I'm seeing this, if I'm really being honest, like I'm seeing my own kind of nightmare play out in front of my eyes. And I'm, I am thinking about that, Stephen, like the anxiety or like the, what if, what if, what's next, what's next. And I, I, I don't know. I got to figure out how to detach to your point. Like I got to figure out how to like, you know, uh, uh I, but I think it's okay. The business will never like, we are obviously, they, it is our life. It is like we put everything to it. I don't know where I heard this from, but it said the point where you can let your employees allow them to make as many errors as they want, but only step in when they're going to make fatal errors. Like that's when your business is, is running itself and growing and, and they're helping each other and supporting one another and stuff. And so I think this year, my biggest growth edge has been letting them make mistakes and like detaching from the OCD-ness that I have. If it's got to be perfect or it's got to be this way and really only stepping in and like almost restraining myself a little bit um, for those fatal moments. And, you know, yeah, that article was on billboard. It was in my team. I I sent it to everyone and I said, this could be us. I'm with you, Justin. That is painstaking to think through. Bruce, what about yourself? (laughs) Um, uh, Thinking about things are going to fall apart. Yeah. I mean, okay. They're not going to fall apart for you. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just in a, Different. The reason why I like asking questions about this and more so listening is because I'm in like a different season, just not being the CEO anymore. Um, I I would say though that before I definitely could not um, separate myself and the identity from the business. And maybe that was just a size thing. Like maybe you've reached a size where like you feel like things are covered really well. I'm not sure 
we had gotten there yet at about 30 or so people. But I do think that um, the only time when I was forced to actually separate was when I took a trip and literally had for two weeks had basically no cell service. And I think the first like three, four days was awful. Um, you know, trying, it's like trying to load something on airplane Wi-Fi. It's, you know, it's, it's so slow and you barely get anything in or out. But after that, I think it, and that made me realize it's a bit of a mental addiction, actually. It's kind of like, you know, Instagram on your phone or, or, you know, whatever ticket is pro- probably more phone related, but it is definitely more of an addiction of jumping in and doing that versus, and, and maybe that's incredible that the therapy really helped to separate things a bit more and to think through like the what ifs. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's, I think it's crazy that we get so much positive reinforcement. Like as you're growing the business and you're doing all the things from ourselves, we get that dopamine hit every time we check off a task, but then there is that transition where it's like the checking off the tasks is kind of like with the Bezos thing is not, <clears throat> is not the future of the business and, and it just holds it back a lot more. And so it, it, it's like your body's like, where's that dopamine hit? Or like, I want that, like, do, just check something off, do something. Um, and it sometimes even it's best to literally not do anything. Like you literally like screwing up people and their processes by trying to do or help them or get or micromanage it. Um, and that's how I got blocked from writing any more code. Hey, so we, we want you to write ask. more code. My birthday, man. Steven's birthday, Jesus's birthday, anybody's oh, yeah. birthday. Happy, happy belated birthday too. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, wait, Steven, did you, did you set any 2024 personal goals? Just one. Um, what's custom that? Fields. <laughs> custom fields. I just got to figure out custom fields. And once I do that, uh, James, I know you listen to every one of these. Uh, Peter, I know you listen to every one of these. We just need custom fields at checkout. And we will... Okay, if you put custom fields at checkout, Jess and I will do crazy things for Printavo merch. Anything. Things you, anything. We'll stream it. <laughs> you name it. I'll pay more. Free. Well, not... not but. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Well, may, maybe the next year. <laughs> Okay, I have a question. Wait, wait, did you set did you set any personal goals or no? Oh, um, so personal goals for me, um, I really so this past year I spent the least amount of time in Urbana that I've ever spent, maybe one or two days a week. And when I'm there, I'm seeing people, having a few meetings, and I leave. So that was a that was a big win for me. I think this year it's going to be going a period of time without traveling. And I mean that by Champaign-Urbana. So like going, can I spend two weeks in a row in Chicago without having to do a quick trip or go here or there? Uh, Because I think having habits and routine is is built on stability and staying put. (laughs) And that's really hard for me to do. And so, you know, if I can go two weeks in Chicago and not make an excuse and say, I'm going to go to the lake or I'm going to go down to Champaign or I'm going to go to LA for a couple of days. Like, no, no, like spend two or three weeks in the same spot that is that's that's kind of what i'm looking at as as my 2024 goal is staying put more 
Interesting. Um, and, Do you think that's think realistic be- with the growth um, and the building and all the other stuff? You know, I think out of my own personal obsession, I go there to just check in because I need to like switch my setting or something like that. I'm like, ah, I just need to go for a day. It feels uh, comfortable. And I need, it's com- it's comfortable. Like champagne, if I'm there for a day or two, I can just work for like nonstop. Um, and I'll even work for my, like the house there. I'll go into the shop only for like three, four hours. Uh, and that's comfortable. And I, I need to break that a little bit. Um, or I'll go do a project at the lake, you know, or something like that. Uh, I want to be able to stay put. And I, I give a lot of people credit that can do it so well. That's really hard. I always want to be jumping around. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Justin, what about you? I took the month of October off, not on purpose, kind of like not on purpose, but about halfway through, I realized like, I don't have any other travel this month. Like I just need to protect it. And man, it, it was definitely the best month of my year being around, just family, being home, being not, you know, cause it's always like, if you're going somewhere, the lake or LA, whatever you like the two days leading up to that, you're like, Oh, I'm getting ready to go to this trip. And then like the day after you get back, you're like, Oh yeah, I just got back. I got to settle. And then like two days later, you're already thinking about something else. Like there's just, there's no reps, there's no consistency. There's no wandering. You got to give yourself time to wander. And I want to figure out how to putter around my house in the morning. I wake up at the last possible moment and then get out the door and go straight to work. And I need to, I want to, there are people that take their time getting into work at nine, 10 in the morning. And I could make that freedom. I could do that. I just, it's comfortable and it's easier to just wake up and get after it. Look at your phone, look at your inbox, start the dopamine checking. Justin, that month of October, how, so like personal, uh, like personal fitness, and business, how was that month for you in October? If you were to reflect yeah. on it, on all yeah. three levers. Family, 10, business, seven and a half, eight, uh, personal or health, um, five, six. Like, I, again, like I just don't, I don't take good care of myself and I need to. That's that's really what 2024 is going to be about is balance. I know what happens to me when I eat a whole lot and when I drink a whole lot, specifically like just if we're talking about physical, I can swell up and get in this really unhealthy space. But also I know what happens with the other extreme. I do extremes really well, uh, not eating and not drinking and like just letting my body, I guess, normalize, um, not normalize, but just get to a more homogenous state is I know where that gets me. So now I have to figure out my whole life being overweight. Um, the only reason I, I wasn't, I didn't do sports. I did choir band and drama. And so anytime that I went to the gym, it was only for weight loss, not for health, not for mobility, not for any of that stuff. Like I have a really unhealthy view of all of that. And so I have to figure out how to get, like, I need to go to the gym. My strategy this year is going to be, I think I'm going to try to go at four thirty, so that I have like, I live like a mile from where Oklahoma shirt company is. And I don't ever have these like decompression moments, you know, where I can like leave work, reset my brain, come home, clock into my family. Mm. So now I'm going to try my buddy, Trey. Um, he 
he goes to the gym every day at like four or four thirty, and he only does like 30 minutes of workout. It's nothing crazy. He's like, I do this like 15 minutes of cardio and I move some things around. And then I check the bottom. I read one chapter and I put the book down and just go home. And I do that every day. And I mean, Trey's one of the healthier people that I know. And so that's, I want to, I need to figure out how to not be motivated for weight loss to go to the gym, but for longevity and health sake. So balance for me, which is something that I've never done well. About. You know, I look at our friend Bruce for inspo because Bruce, you've turned fitness into play, right? Like you go surfing and from Justin and I's surf experience, 30 minutes in the water, whether you're standing up, sitting down, flailing, stepping on stingrays is freaking <laughs> it's a lot. But like Bruce, like that's play for you. You're going out to play. It's like Bruce at recess is going surfing. Uh and so how often, Bruce, like how often have you built that into your schedule now? Um, I'm I'm working out six, maybe seven days a week, but normally I need a one day rest, but <clears throat> either strength training three days a week. And then I try to do in the water uh, surfing, which is kind of like a biking type of exercise or something like that three days a week as well. So, but I will say that very, it, you know, Difficult to start that, especially early and having to get up early. But now, um, if I miss it, I'm like a little tweaky, like later. Like it, I definitely, it, even if it's just like you said, 30 minutes. I mean, that's what I'm doing for the strength training is 30 minutes. Um, my, one of my goals is to add one day of running a week because, um, just for the cardio, for the heart health stuff. Yeah. That's I'm, what I I'm like down. Justin, where I go through these extremes. Um, you know, I'm happy about like, I, I freaked out and ran a marathon. That was an extreme. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, as I was like texting Justin and Bruce about like business shit all summer, I was like, I had a panic attack and I was like, I just need to go run. And Forrest Gump was, <laughs> Forrest Gump was my savior, uh, which I'm happy all about. Right? Like, like it, was a good, off. <laughs> it was a good vice to turn to. Uh, and then as a result, like I, uh, I probably drank less this year than I've ever drank since my drinking career started. Um, and I think removing alcohol has been pretty good. Bruce, what about Justin? Have you guys, have you tried to go through stints of that? Mm, yeah. I, yeah, I only drink like two, three drinks a week. So I, I kind of, I've thought about it, but then I'm like, eh, it's kind of fun. Like in, you know, in those special moments, like a poker night or, you know, out with friends or something, or back in Chicago, something like that. So I don't, Justin. Yeah. When I, not drinking is always better. I mean, it's poison. It's always like it. I, but also I supplement, um, I supplement alcohol. I find it a lot more easy to supplement with cannabis and I can be in a, I feel better in the morning and I don't, um, I can get in a similar loose state with whatever buddies or whatever space I need to get into. And I, I just, I just think that, I don't know when I drink alcohol, it's social, you know, I don't drink really at home much anymore. I used to, but I, I find that that's, and it's, I think it's my wife too. Like we're just in a season of, we don't, we don't go for it and I don't keep it around the house. Um, a lot. We certainly have a liquor cabinet, but, and we had some cocktails last night because it was just kind of, festive and family. But I, I, two summers ago, I took a summer off. I did no alcohol and I did no cannabis, um, partially because I needed to prove it to myself and I needed to prove it to my wife and I needed to preserve my marriage. And you know, when you run hot, 
and you run to extremes, sometimes you just, you got to know where the edge is. And so I needed to convince everybody and myself that, um, so I took a summer off, which was cool, which was hard. Um, you guys know, you go to the lake and we're hosting like camp wild boys or camp Lawrence every weekend, like a different family or a different group of friends. And I'm driving the boat drinking, not white claws or Michelob. Yeah, right. Like I got into, um, I don't even remember what I was drinking, but it was, a. Uh, it's cool. And, but I do think that the, the, um, landscape of that is changing heavily. Like our friend group around, you know, that we spend a lot of social energy with They're they're drinking less and less. Um, we joke in Oklahoma, we call it California sober, you know, stop drinking and just lean into cannabis if you need, uh, but there's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I'm, fa- I'm less enchanted by alcohol these days for sure. You know what I realized something you, when you asked Steven, you said, um, about the surfing or just in the water exercising, I realized the one thing that motivates me personally is I'm really competitive with it. So, and, and, and maybe that helps with the, the gym of getting started in the morning of like, okay, at, at the end of this year, like, you know, I, I want to be ripped or I want to be able to do the strength competition or the Spartan race or whatever the heck it is. Um, but I realized at least that's what drives me, especially in there. And then the water, like I actually want to do a, like an amateur competition at some point. So I don't know. I, so Bruce, we went, I mean, we did went that on with a the quick... marathon, right? Yeah. But I actually, I think I'm, we're, we're inspired by the way you take, you know, surfing and turn it like turn that into your whatever your your fitness is uh we went to mexico for a quick weekend um and uh we played tennis and pickleball and uh i played tennis in high school for like eight nine years taught it like it was my life and you were in high school for eight years yeah exactly um (laughs) yeah eight years i uh (laughs) I went to high school in sixth grade. No, uh, I played tennis my entire life and it was a big part of my life and I enjoyed it and I taught it and I had so much fun and I put my tennis rackets down and didn't touch them, kind of burned out from it after college and never touched them. And then Bruce's like, you want to play? And I was like, well, I'm not going to let this motherfucker beat me. And Turns I just out. whooped him. <laughs> the competition. Um, I just whooped him. Like we were playing, we were playing and then I just like took a shot at him and he's like, oh, and I was like, yeah, don't fuck with me. Uh, and it was fun I, because I don't we think played. Whooped. <clears throat> whooped is the wrong adjective. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, I, would be a verb, wouldn't it? We could live stream to it. Whoop? And oh yeah, you're you right. Wouldn't. Yeah. Strong verb. Anyways, we definitely I should live stream it. I saw a competitive side of Bruce, and I was like, "Man, Bruce wants to beat me, and I'm gonna just kick his ass." And it felt <laughs> I beat really myself. Good. I'm pretty uh, sure I beat myself, but I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. And now I'm ready. I said, you come, so, come for so Long Beach. So Bruce has signed up for the Santa Monica Tennis Club. Uh, and he takes lessons twice a week now. Yeah, and I've signed up. So I joined our tennis club that's like a mile from here. And uh, I, I'm going, going, getting back into tennis. Let's and that's go. my play. But yeah, be. to your point, that's my surfing. And I'm like, shit, I did this when I was a kid. I freaking loved it. I just got to go sign up for playtime, like recess. So, um, cause I think to your point, Bruce, it's not about losing weight as much as it is like getting your heart to work for a minute or two or 30. Um, although Matt Marcotte, John logo daddy, you inspire us. 
definitely some that's someday this, we'll be disc like golf you. was that for me for a little while until i like fell out of the and it for me it takes buddies too you know but i was playing disc golf two or three times every morning and it, that's two or three times a week and that's two hours two and three hours of walking through the woods you know which is good i mean we'd usually walk three miles or so and oh, it's just time all right last fun. question your business outlook, um, you know, one thing you mentioned, Justin, at the beginning was, and we didn't really get into this, but maybe you could touch on this, is you were like, the last two years of uh, this business has been very hard. And Stephen, you talked about evolving, especially this year, um, of all the different things you're doing and, and growing as a leader as well. You know, if you, it, it's interesting to look back to say, Okay, I did this X way, but I want to be able to do it, you know, Y going forward. Um, were there any good takeaways from that, Justin, on yours from this past, let's call it the two years of, of tough times that is going to change the way that you look at 2024? Man, I feel like I don't know that I have the answer to that. I do feel like that. And I'm not blaming the pandemic. I'm just using that as a point in time of reference. I feel like I was driving a ship in a direction and everything was okay. And then the pandemic happened and I still feel like I'm navigating this ship in the fog. And I don't know, like I don't have confidence about, I mean, I have confidence that like our business isn't just going to fall to zero and our customers aren't just going to go away. But I just especially in our world, my world, um, you know, our work at Osco is two weeks out, you know, like I, I don't have guaranteed work. I don't have someone that's promising. Like, I don't know who's going to order shirts from us in next week. And I, I just hope, you know, and I'm optimistic and we build infrastructure around these ideas and our historical sales, you know, all kind of support that like, yeah, this is how it's supposed to be. And we look to one of my bookmarks that I have saved, like right in the middle of my screen is it says Printavo open source. And I, I reference that with my team all the time. And it's that data, Bruce, that you got that you shared with me just so many years ago about just the trends of orders and our orders line up like our seasonal ebbs and flows line up with that. And so I I take, I try to take confidence in that, but the truth is, is I just feel like sometimes it's just we're, I'm out in the middle of the ocean with all of these people and we have most of the resources we need to survive, but I just kind of feel like, I don't know where we're going, you know? Do you, if you were to look at that period, would you, and were coaching someone else who is, you know, let's say under a million in sales, would, would there be a couple things that you would tell them of, Hey, look, I goofed this up here. You know, you should start thinking about this or, you know, cause one good example is this, like, Hey, look, you're still going to have the feeling of being in the fog. Like later, there, there's no clarity. It's just the fog changes directions a bit. Is there any other things that you would say to someone younger growing up in the space, uh, growing their business in the space? Yeah. Especially um, this stack. last year. Yeah. Stack cash. There's no other stabilizing for, in my opinion, like no matter how much money you're making or not making or customers or subscriptions or Google reviews or 
podcast, no matter the metric that is the most stabilizing and peacemaking is like, if there's a stack of cash that then it doesn't matter. And our, you know, if I'm really being honest, like our first five, six years of business, um, my strategy was make enough money where you don't have to worry about it. And that, um, that probably built some really unhealthy, like depend, like habits in me and how I operate the business. Like we're just winning. Let's go. Let's push it. Let's go. Let's go. And, and now I'm realizing that like, you know, subscriptions are a, again, like they're not a forever thing and your customers are not guaranteed. And day zero is hits me in a different way. Like I'm think I want to sleep good at night and I want stability and I want to keep doing what we're we've been doing for the next 10 years. And part of that is like sitting on a bunch of cash. I scaled, I took risks, but I, every dollar that we've made, I've just poured right back into this place. And the truth is, is do we need to be as big as we are? You know, do we need to be the size that we are? And the answer is no, like we need to be agile and we need to be nimble and we need to be able to react and respond, but like in a stable, consistent way. So that probably is, it, is there a sweet spot you think for your business size? Did you pass it? Yes. <laughs> oh, we pass passed it. it. Yes. The je- the jelly has left the donut. Yeah, it's <laughs> out. And you can't bring it. It's hard to bring it back. It is hard to bring it back. It is hard to bring it back. We, you know, we went through a round of uh, we went through a round of layoffs this year, like just a downsizing effort of we had a lot of people and we had a lot of pride. And truthfully, what it was, was I, I built this business by saying yes to everybody and everything. And like, if anybody needed something, yes, we are your custom. What do you want? We got it. And by taking on customers and building processes and infrastructure, not afraid to scale, we looked up and we had just had our largest customer was our largest expense. And we realized that like, crap, we got to write this and we got to fix this. And so I will say from like a shoring things up perspective, this year has been our best year. You know, my team is actively working on, you know, paying attention to things that we haven't necessarily paid attention to before and um, trying to get our business in a very profitable configuration where we can just chill and be ready and know who we are and know what we're good at and know what we should say yes to and know what we should say no to and live in that and not just be so what's the new process? What's the new thing? What's the new vertical? What's the new, whatever? No, like let's, we built this machine and this machine works. Let's tune it and let's let it do what it's supposed to do. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I, I will say simultaneously watching um, from my perspective, like Steven, your year, bro, what you have done this year and what you've been publicly and not publicly, all of the things that I've just got to witness from your perspective and what you shared with me, man, I'm so proud of you and the risks that you've taken and how you've leveraged, you just put it all on the table and said, let's do this. And it's uh, it's really impressive to watch you even as you're like at a, a stage in your business, like what can I do to make this even more special or to make this even more, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm personally motivated and inspired and proud of you. So keep, I mean, 
Thank you. I appreciate it. I think I cheers. I look up to to cheers. I look up to all of like get your diet coke. I think dude. I think if we were you know print hustlers a couple of years ago, it was like you, Brett, Eric, Justin Moore, uh, you know Max, Kevin, like just trying to learn what you guys do. And I think it's like the type of leaders you are, whether it's your charisma, whether it's your drive, whether it's your craziness, whether, you know, like, I, I really think if you take those six or seven shops and put them on the wall, like they are the seven or eight coolest businesses in our industry. And so uh, I appreciate the kind words, but um, you guys all kind of have paved, paved it and set a standard in the space. Um, and when, when you said like, I'm in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> like... Yeah, I started the year on a jet ski in the middle of the ocean, and I ended the year with a aircraft carrier in the middle of the Pacific, <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. We're all still in the middle of the ocean. Uh, and so, like, the problems have not gotten easier. Uh, they will not be easier, uh, but I think uh, it, it will be an exciting year. And uh, it's, it's cool to see us all kind of start to figure out what our sweet spots are. So... I appreciate the kind words, but it's it's all from what you all have done. So uh, this is a cool episode. I these are my favorite. So I'm uh, I think hopefully people listening can uh, can empathize or um, you know relate to some of this. Or I really appreciate all the feedback we get. I know like Justin just did Made Labs uh, Print Hustlers recap live, and the chats were crazy. So like please reach out. This is this is fun for us. Um, this is this is play. So, Bruce, what do you got? And end it for us. Last episode of 2023, Justin. Uh, honestly, we always appreciate you coming on. I feel like it's just such a great time. Just uh, we end up chatting and not covering any of our bullet points, but it's always a great chat anyway. Um, and cheers to 2024. It's going to be an exciting one. It is going to be an exciting one. Pronouncers, we appreciate you. We will see you at. Long Beach. See you at Impressions Long Beach. We'll see you there. And uh, cheers to you guys for for hanging on. I, I get a bunch of emails as well. And I try to screenshot and share them around. Um, it's been an amazing... We've done an episode every single week this year. And uh, we'll continue to, even if it's at uh, um, 6 a.m. this time or whatever time it was. <laughs> Time we'll make zones. it work but thank you guys we'll see you in 2024 well i guess this will be going out later but see you then bye <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for listening hopefully that was informative don't forget to subscribe don't forget to like don't forget to hit the bell for notifications if you enjoyed this video if you enjoy all the stuff we're putting out it's really helpful we love to just be able to see it that means that we're doing a good job to subscribe hit the bell for notifications and hit the like button and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.